You got to love mascots, right? Um, especially school mascots. Uh, do you know what the top three, top most common school mascots are? Um, the third one would be a tiger. The second one would be an eagle. And the most common mascot is a bulldog. Do you know one that you never hear as a school mascot? A sheep. <laughs> Think about it. There aren't any sheep. Why? Well, take a look at this picture. This will show you one reason. I mean, how would you like that to be your school mascot? I mean, proud moment, right? We are the fighting lambs, you know? And what do you do when your team scores a touchdown? The cheer block goes, bah, you know? I, I don't think so, you know? So other than what we've said, why would you not want sheep as a mascot? Well, for one, they're very fearful. They're frightened easily. They're not very smart. And they're not athletically inclined. And yet, God, when he decided to pick an animal to compare us people to, he picked a sheep. Hmm. Not the most flattering animal in the world to pick, to compare us to, huh? And Jesus, when he was on earth, called himself the good shepherd. I don't know if you know anything about the culture at that time, but shepherding was not an occupation that you aspired to. Okay? In fact, it was on the low end of the vocational scale. Shepherds were looked on with contempt. In fact, there's one time in the Bible where it records that some people were getting ready to introduce themselves to someone else, and they were advised, don't tell them if they ask you what you do for a living. Don't tell them that you're shepherds. Instead, say, say that you raise livestock. That'll go over a lot better. Ironically, perhaps the most well-known chapter in the Bible talks about sheep and shepherds. It is, of course, Psalm 23. And so it's interesting that the Bible would use that analogy, and it has become the, one of the most well-known, if not the well, most well-known chapter in the Bible when you consider all that goes behind sheep and shepherds, isn't it? And fascinatingly enough, Psalm 23 has become somewhat of a cultural icon. At presidential inaugurations, we've heard it used before, Psalm 23. On September 11, 2001, when, you know, those planes crashed into the World Trade Center and other buildings as well, President Bush, before our nation, quoted Psalm 23. Artists have painted portraits of Psalm 23. You see quotes and shares about Psalm 23 on Facebook. And some of the phrases from Psalm 23 are some of the most common ones in the Bible. Phrases like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or how about, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Phrase like, he restores my soul. A phrase like, my cup overflows, or my cup runs over, my cup runneth over. If you look at some of the older versions. And it is a great, great psalm, but not only is it a great, great psalm, it's great poetry. And it is rich in terms of providing us with comfort and encouragement when we go through the challenges of life. So what we're going to do this morning, we're going to read through the whole psalm. 
as we um, begin this. And it's only six verses, so it won't take us very long. And I'm going to ask you to go do something we don't do very often. I'm going to ask you to read along with me. We're going to read it aloud, okay? Um, Psalm 23. And, and just a quick warning. We're going to read it from the New Living Translation Bible. That's the one we use on Sunday morning because it's readable, it's understandable, it's kind of the way we talk. But if you are familiar with this psalm, you may be familiar with it from some of the older versions. So just pay attention as we're reading along because some of it may be phrased a little differently than you're used to. You can find it in your message notes. You can find it on the screen, either one, as we read it together aloud. Here we go, Psalm 23. Here's what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So in this psalm, we are the sheep, and this is saying that we can have that kind of relationship with our shepherd. We can have that kind of close relationship with God. Now, we're in a series right now that we're calling um, raw, life unfiltered. It's based on the book of Psalms in the Bible. The reason we're calling that is it's because it's, the book of Psalms is just about being real with God. And we, saw all, we see all sorts of emotions in the book of Psalm, you know, anger and joy and peace and, you know, disillusionment. You see it all in the book of Psalms. Today, we see almost a childlike vulnerability or a childlike dependency in this Psalm. And what's so fascinating about that is that this is written by the great King David of Israel. But before King David was the great king of Israel, he was also a shepherd as a young boy, as a teenager. He was a shepherd, and he spent hours and hours and hours with sheep. So he's writing to us when he writes Psalm 23 from personal experience. Now, King David of Israel was an incredibly gifted guy. Um, he was a poet. He was a musician. He was a statesman. He was a warrior. Not a Golden State warrior, but a fighting kind of warrior. Um, like I said, just incredibly gifted. But one thing he also was, was a shepherd. And so we're going to approach it from the shepherd angle this morning when we look at uh, King David and what he has to say to us about this. I want to read you something that uh, this is about David talking about himself being a shepherd. It's pretty fascinating. This is when he was still probably a teenager at the time, and he goes before who was then the current king, King Saul of Israel, to convince King Saul to let him go fight the giant, Goliath. And here's what he says. This is 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Wow. Now, that's quite a shepherd, isn't it? I mean, if you're a sheep and you hear that, you're going, hey, sign me up for this guy's flock, you know. I want to be part of this 
shepherd's flock. This is the guy I want to be my shepherd. And you know, those, when we, what we just read when we started out reading that psalm said, the Lord is my shepherd. It's very personal, in other words. There were some incredible shepherds. There were shepherds who would literally risk their lives or give up their lives for their sheep. David was one of those. And we can say, too, the Lord is my shepherd and mean that as a very personal thing. There is so much power in that personal pronoun, my, my shepherd. You don't have to say the Lord is a shepherd, the Lord is the shepherd, the Lord is his shepherd. You can say the Lord is my shepherd. Now, the concept of shepherding and sheep it's probably pretty foreign to most of us, right? I mean, if we didn't grow up on farms or we didn't grow up around sheep, we probably don't know that much about it. You know, I, I wouldn't say I do either. So as we go along this morning, we're going to talk about sheep and shepherd and some of the characteristics because I think that'll help us grow in our appreciation for the 23rd Psalm uh, when we read it. Um, one interaction many years ago I had with sheep, we had a staff member, we'll just call him John, here at the church, who was going to teach children on a story in the Bible that had to do with sheep. And so he decided to bring a live lamb on stage with him. Well, the day he was doing that, the morning, or the morning of that, um, he had contacted a farmer, and they brought it to the church. And the farmer's daughter came into the church. I was the only one there at the time. It was still pretty early in the morning. And she came in. She came into my office, this farmer's daughter. And here's what she said to me. She goes, I have a lamb for John. Well, I didn't know the arrangements he had made. And when she said, I have a lamb for John, rather than hearing lamb, L-A-M-B, I heard lamp. L-A-M-P, you know, like the light switch, you turn on a light and so on, so you can see. So I looked up and I said to her, well, why don't you just put it in John's office, he'll be here in a few minutes. <laughs> and she looked at me, kind of puzzled, you know, and I could see she wasn't moving, so I said, well, it's okay, he'll, he'll get it when he gets here, it's no big deal, just leave it in his office, um, he'll see it, he'll know it's from you. She said, no, I have a lamb for John. And again, I heard lamb with a P, not lamb with a B. I don't know how, but somehow we finally figured out that she was saying lamb as in an animal rather than lamp as in a light. But in retrospect, would that have been a great prank or what? I wish I'd been <laughs> quick enough to have thought of that. But that's actually one of my few interactions with sheep, believe it or not. But like I said, if we understand sheep and we understand shepherd, it really helps us grow in our appreciation of this psalm, even though we're kind of culturally out of contact with what was going on here. So we want to start by um, talking about some of the characteristics of a shepherd, actually characteristics of a good shepherd. As you read through Psalm 23, um, you begin to see some of the characteristics because David, who was a shepherd, reveals those to us. So what does a good shepherd do? Okay, here's the first one, going back to the first verse, Psalm 23. He satisfies me. That's verse 1. Now, for a sheep, a good shepherd would probably provide food, water, protection, a feeling of security, and that would be the key to satisfaction for sheep. For us, knowing that the Lord is my shepherd is the key to being satisfied. I have all I need through my relationship with him. What David is saying in this psalm is he's saying, I've arrived. This is it. And if you know much about David's life, 
then you know that he had incredible victories as a warrior. He had fame. He defeated Goliath. And he, it's like he became an overnight sensation. He was a great king. He had great wealth. He's saying all those things didn't bring him peace and contentment. Knowing that the Lord was his shepherd is what brought him peace and contentment. And that is absolutely central. That's absolutely core to each of our existence. Knowing that what ultimately brings you fulfillment and satisfaction in life is your relationship with God. You know, there are so many things out there that offer to do that or are enticing to us. And so I have to remind myself of that regularly, that the stuff that I hope will bring me satisfaction won't do it, not long term. Um, For example, let's take our relationships and to narrow it down, let's take marriage, for example. If I go into a marriage thinking that it's going to fix all my problems or satisfy all my wants and needs, I've set myself up to fail, haven't I? the person you've married doesn't stand a chance. Not only because every single one of us falls short of meeting someone else's needs, but because then the marriage becomes all about you. Meet my wants, meet my needs, make me happy. If you take that approach, it probably won't take years to find that out. It'll probably only take months. It will only take a few months before both of you are wondering Do I really want to stay in this marriage? Only God can bring ultimate satisfaction, and that's through our ongoing relationship with Him. You know, we can easily get caught up in the if-onlys. If only I could get the job I want. If only I could have the promotion I want. If only I could get married. If only I could have kids. If only I could be successful. If only I could get rich. If only I was better educated. If only I was better looking. If only I could have that car or that house. If only God would fix all my problems. Satisfaction comes from personally knowing the good shepherd. So what David says in that very first sentence of this psalm lays the foundation for what's what's to come in the psalm. Now, how does he satisfy? How does the good shepherd really bring us contentment? The rest of the psalm answers that question for us. So let's go on. Another characteristic of the good shepherd is this. He leads me. And we see that in verses 2 and 3. For example, in verse 2, it says, he leads me beside peaceful streams. In verse 3, he continues, he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. There is a problem with sheep. And remember, you're a sheep and I'm a sheep. Sheep have tendencies. One of those tendencies is they can tend to wander off. And when they do, they are helpless. They're not like lions or wolves or even a deer or a squirrel that can run off, you know. Sheep are desperately helpless. The Bible actually says in Isaiah 53, 6, when it's, call, it's talking about our tendency to wander off as people or our tendency to stray off, it compares us to sheep. So we're desperately in need of a shepherd. Would you mind taking a couple minutes and taking a trip with me to a farm this morning where sheep are raised? Because I want to describe to you what sheep are are really like. Okay, you ready to do that? Watch this. Let me give you six characteristics of sheep, and 
to warn you, these are not all that flattering. The first one is this, they're creatures of habit. They can go down a path or a trail and they'll continue to do that until they put a rut in that trail to the point where they can't even walk in it, yet they'll continue to try to do that. They'll graze on a hillside until there's nothing left and yet they'll still go back to that same hillside to try to get food. They'll go to the bathroom in the same spot, they'll pollute that area, it'll be diseased, and yet they'll still go back to the same spot. I, I read where one shepherd said that of all the animals, sheep require more careful handling than any other animal. That's because if you leave them to themselves, they'll settle into a routine of self-destructive habits. Sheep need a shepherd. Another characteristic is that they're completely defenseless. If you think about it, most animals have some way to defend themselves. They have teeth, they have claws, they may have a keen sense of hearing, a keen sense of sight, a keen sense of smell. Uh, maybe they have quills, maybe they can fly, they can run fast, they can hide, they can play dead. They have an obnoxious odor, not sheep. They have almost no way to defend themselves. Another thing about sheep is that they have almost no sense of direction. In other words, they need a shepherd. You know, we know some of the stories about cats and dogs. Uh, when my daughter was little, one of her favorite movies was Homeward Bound. That's based on a true story about two dogs and a cat that literally traveled clear across the country, clear across the United States to go home. Amazing stuff. I read a true story about a dog, a black lab named Bucky, who was adopted by a family from South Carolina and his new family was in Virginia. You guessed it, he decided to try to go home. He trekked 500 miles from Virginia to South Carolina and made it home. I read about a cat named Holly whose family was on vacation in Daytona Beach, Florida. Their cat got lost while they were there in Daytona Beach. They searched and searched, couldn't find it. Finally, they had to go home, which was West Palm Beach, devastated because they'd lost their cat. A few weeks later, Holly showed up at their house, 190 miles she had gone. It's amazing, crazy what dogs and cats can do. Sheep can't do it. They have no sense of direction. Sheep need a shepherd. Another characteristic of sheep is that they are very easily frightened. They're, they're, they're scared very easily. You know, um, my daughter, rescued a dog from a shelter and when she first got it, its name's Riley. It was scared to death of everyone and anything. You know, if you would even look at the dog, it would run and hide. Not today. If you get near that dog, it wants to play with you, it wants to get in your lap. But that's not the way sheep are at all. They're very easily frightened, so they need a shepherd. Another characteristic of sheep is that they aren't able to get their own food and water. You know, most animals make it a top priority to find food, to find water, not sheep. In fact, most animals have this sense of knowing what kinds of foods could be dangerous for them, that, that they shouldn't eat. Sheep can't do that. A sheep could go out into a field and eat a poisonous weed and die. In fact, a sheep could go out in a field and um, one would be standing next to the other and he or she would watch their buddy eat a poisonous weed and die, then they'd turn around and eat the same poisonous weed and die as well. And finally, one other characteristic is this. Um, sheep are unclean, they're dirty. Most animals know how to clean themselves. And if you have a dog or cat, you've seen your pet do that, you may not have even appreciated it when they were cleaning themselves. But sheep won't do that, they're dirty. 
they're unclean. In other words, sheep need a shepherd. Well, perhaps you've heard it said that um, if one sheep walks off the side of the cliff, the others will just blindly follow the sheep ahead of him and go right over the edge of the cliff too. Back in 2005 in the country of Turkey, several stunned Turkey shepherds who had stepped away from their herd to eat their breakfast watched as a sheep jumped over the side of a cliff to its death. To their horror, they saw 1,500 other sheep follow the first one, leaping off the same cliff. It killed 450 of the sheep. As the pile of sheep got higher, the only reason it didn't kill all of them is that the sheep who had already fallen cushioned the fall of those who were jumping off, which saved their lives. The estimated loss was $100,000. That's a bad day for some sheep and the shepherd, right? I've read accounts like that before and thought, really? You know, come on. Somebody's making this stuff up. They wouldn't do that. One of the farmers where we filmed that uh, video there told me a story about several years ago where a sheepdog frightened one of their sheep, and so a sheep ran and jumped into a pond. Seven sheep followed it, and they all drowned. So it happens. The only way sheep can survive is to have a good shepherd leading them. Sheep need a shepherd. See how important a shepherd is? We are called sheep in the Bible. Maybe not the most flattering term, but there's a reason we're called sheep. Left to ourselves, we can make poor decisions, can't we? or unhealthy decisions, or unwise decisions, or self-destructive decisions, decisions about finances, decisions with how, how to deal with conflict, how we react in stressful situations, choices about relationships. Sheep need a shepherd, and we need a shepherd too. God wants to be our shepherd. The Bible is full of guidance for our lives. And through prayer, through biblical teaching, through wise advice, God can lead us to peaceful streams. And that's actually, actually incredibly comforting to us to know that. It relieves so much stress in this life. God wants to guide my life. Well, here's a third thing that a good shepherd can do for us. Um, back to Psalm 23. He protects us. He protects us. Verse 4. Here's what it says. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and staff protect and comfort me. This says that his rod and staff comfort the sheep. You know, you may know this if you have pets, but animals learn to recognize objects. So, for example, our son has a dog at home, and if we pull out his leash, he begins to go crazy because he associates that with taking a walk. And when a shepherd would go to the field, he would take it a minimal amount of equipment with him. Often that would include a rod, a staff, maybe a slingshot. The rod was something made of hardwood. It was usually about two to three feet long. You see the one in the picture here, maybe a little longer than that. And he would use it to protect the sheep. 
And he could hurl it at a wild animal coming to attack the sheep. I read where one shepherd said that he saw young shepherd boys who would have contests with the rods to see who could throw it the furthest or who could throw it the most accurately. The staff, most of us are familiar with that. It's a stick that has a hook or a bend at the end of it. The staff was multi, had a multi-purpose, but it could be used to lead or guide sheep from danger. You could hook the sheep you know, around the neck to pull it from danger. It could be used as a weapon. So how do we find comfort through our dark valleys? Well, the rod and the staff, that comfort for us comes from the promises of God. You know, here's just one of the countless promises we read about in the Bible that the Good Shepherd gives us. This is Psalm 121, verses 1 to 4. This is also said in the context of a shepherd, a good shepherd. Here's what it says. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, the one who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. We said earlier that Jesus called himself the good shepherd. John 10, 11 is where he does it. And it's intriguing that he would call himself the good shepherd because like we said earlier, the occupation of a shepherd was one that was really looked down on in that culture. Here's what he said, John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. And as we know, Jesus did lay down his life for each of us to pay for our sins so that our sins could be forgiven. In this very same chapter, in John 10, Jesus also said he was the gate for the sheepfold. Back in biblical times, when shepherds would make sheepfolds, they would take and stack large rocks in a wide circle, and that would serve as the sheepfold. But they would always leave an opening for a gate, and at night, the shepherd would um, sleep right in that opening of the gate, and that would keep predators out and keep the sheep in. So when we read, the Lord is my shepherd, we find protection. He protects us from our poor decisions when we trust in what the Bible tells us. He protects us from Satan, the evil one. He protects us in the sense that we know our eternal destiny is secure if we have a relationship with that shepherd. Sheep need a shepherd. And that leads us to one other characteristic. The last characteristic we're going to look at this morning from Psalm 23 of a good shepherd, it's this. He assures me. Here's verse 6. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. What a promise this is. Are, are you afraid for your future? Are you a what-ifer? Are you always what-ifing? Your future can be secure if you can call the Lord my shepherd. You can stop worrying about the future because sheep need a shepherd. You know, I've done many, many funerals through the years, and there is a distinct difference in the way people grieve who know their loved one has gone on to heaven and they'll see him again one day versus those who don't have that hope because there's such finality and uncertainty with that, and it can be devastating. The good shepherd changes your perspective even on your future. He gives you hope. 
So spend some time reflecting on Psalm 23, now that you know this. Maybe read it through several times this week. Because when you do, it can change your life. The key is knowing the Good Shepherd. How do you get to know Him personally? Well, one of the best ways is through the difficulties of life, going through the valley of the shadow of death. And when you see Him lead, protect, assure, and satisfy, even in the tough times, then you know you have a Good Shepherd. In fact, decide that the first place you're going to turn when you're struggling or you're fearful or uncertain is to the Good Shepherd. And watch what happens when you do that. Take a few minutes each day and read the Bible. Reflect on what you read. Pray. Tell God about your day. Be quiet before God. Ten minutes can make all the difference in the world as you get to know the good shepherd personally. Because sheep need a shepherd. 